Welcome to the Write Something Worthy podcast, where we teach emerging authors how to ditch the fear, confusion, and overwhelm of writing a bestseller-worthy non-fiction book. And now, your host, Tonya Brockett. Greetings, Tanya here, and this week I want to talk to you about how to design the interior of your book. This is based on information from my book, The New Writer Workbook, a step-by-step guide to writing your nonfiction ebook. Uh, you can find that over at newwriterworkbook.com. But it is also designed for those of you who intend to self-publish or independently publish a book. However, I will say that what you'll learn in this session, you will be able to ensure the quality of your bestseller-worthy book because you'll know what to look for even if you have professionals working with you to design your bestseller book. So let's get into it. So before the design process, while you're writing your book and submitting it to your editor, content is the only thing that matters. You should not be concerned about the way the document looks at this point. You're not trying to make something look like, you know, the book that's gonna be in its final mode. Because actually, The more formatting and designing you do before having your manuscript edited, the worse it is for your editor. Believe me, I know. Me and my team have had to work around all kinds of garbage that comes with someone trying to format their book before the content has been edited. So... You know, if you're trying to set up your running heads and, you know, those heads that appear at the top of the pages that might have the author name on the left and the chapter title on the right or something like that with the page numbers in the corners, those section breaks that you have to use to create that can really cause a lot of trouble for the editor. They're going to shift no matter what. Your pagination will not be the same after you edit your manuscript. And, you know, it's not going to be presented correctly. If you have a software glitch like we saw in a recent document, um, it blocks out actual sections of text at the section breaks so the editors can't even see the text behind it. It was just horrible. Edits are going to make everything change and the flow change and the pagination change and it's going to cause text to be on the wrong pages and all of that and it's just a mess. So please do not try to format your manuscript before you have it edited. Focus on the content. Just have a regular Microsoft Word page or whatever that has eight and a half by 11, you know, one inch margin times 12 New Roman. You can bold headers and you can do a page break, a hard page break between chapters but keep it as simple as possible so that your editor doesn't have to wrestle with that while they're trying to wrangle with your words. I I get it though that you wanna see your book and what it might look like before it's time. I do understand that. But what you can do 
make a copy of your manuscript when you're sending it to your editor. You need a copy anyway. You don't want to send an original. So play with that copy and make that copy that you keep your, you know, play around document and try to see how it looks and so forth. Don't do that with the one that you send to your editor. It only makes the edit more cumbersome and, you know, that's going to end up taking more time and costing you more money. Now, once the editing process is complete and you move into the design phase for your book, then you can be concerned about what the book looks like. You can be concerned about your book's appearance. If this is your first book that you've ever written or published, it's going to be important for you to know what goes into the design of your document, even if you're going to have somebody else do it for you. So this way you can uh, ensure that you have a finished book that meets industry standards. This is not the time to look like an amateur by having missing book elements or putting the back matter in the front and the front matter in the back and all that kind of mess. This is where you want to show the world that you not only have quality content to share with them, but you're presenting it in a quality manner that will enhance their reading pleasure. You don't want to make it worse and you don't want them to doubt your you know, validity by seeing your table of content after your first chapter or something silly like that. That actually reduces your credibility when you have a book that is not presented in a professional way. You want to stand out because of your message, not because you didn't know how to organize your book, right? So make sure you put your book in the right way or make sure that your designer is doing it correctly. So let's talk about the different parts of a book. Because books are formatted in an industry standard way. Mind you, there's obviously going to be flexibility. There's, you are the author. You have the right to say what you want and have it displayed the way you want. But be mindful of your reader and what that says about the quality of your book. So the industry standard for how a book is organized and the way it appears is found in the Chicago Manual of Style. The 17th edition is the latest edition and section 1.4 is where you identify in the book all the, the parts of a book, the divisions and what goes into a book. I'm going to mention those things that I most commonly see in nonfiction books that come through Halogen Inc. So there are going to be some things I'm not even going to mention that are on Chicago's list. So just be mindful of that. I'm focusing on that which I see most often. Chicago is the primary source that most publishers and editors use when working with the manuscript. It um, should be the source that you use too, you and your publishing team, because, you know, even if you're independently publishing a book rather than producing a traditionally published one, you want to look like you are a New York Times bestseller, even if you're going independent, right? You don't want to look like a sore thumb. You want to look like a quality book, like 
all the other quality books that are out there. This is not where you want to stand out. Chicago recognizes, you know, the growth and development of self-publishing and e-publishing industries. And they've incorporated, especially in 17th edition, a lot of their standards in regards to that. But here's one thing to keep in mind as you design and lay out your book. Everyone doing it wrong doesn't make it right. You've heard me say that before. I've used that quote in my books. I have that quote in various places. Everyone doing it wrong doesn't make it right. Just because you do a search online and you look at ebooks and you see that some people put the table of contents before the copyright page and they spell forward as forward, like F-O-R-E-W-O-R-D is spelled F-O-R-W-A-R-D. Just because people make that mistake doesn't mean that you should follow suit. Do it right every time and you will look like the professional writer instead of the amateur. I know that I was a stickler for years for using the hyphen in the word email because it was the industry standard for electronic mail. So even when everyone started mixing it up by sometimes hyphenating it and sometimes not, I always hyphenated it. And it wasn't until Chicago put out the 17th edition that they shifted to allow the standard for email to drop the hyphen. Ebook, however, still remains the same with the hyphen. Even though it wasn't popular to hold to the standard, it was consistent and it was applied at every turn. So there was no wishy-washiness, there was no going back and forth, it was always this way so that you could rely on that throughout the manuscript. All right, now that I've chastened you about following standards and not, you know, having or being a sloppy book publisher, let's talk about some of those relevant parts of a book or an ebook and the order that they should appear in your book. Now, if you don't use certain sections, they don't all have to be used, so just omit that, right? But I'm going to share with you the standard order of things so that when you look at your book, pick out one of, if you've already published a book before, pick it up while we go through this and see if your book is correctly formatted. If it is, hooray, good job, I'm excited for you. If it's not, let's make the next one right. And, you know, if, if it's really bad, then you can always re-upload uh, a new file in Amazon for any books that get ordered from now on, but everything you've got out there is already wrong and there's just nothing you can do about that. There are no take backs in publishing. Remember that. And that's why I want you to get this straight now for every book you do from now on. All right, remember that this is based on Chicago, 17th edition, section 1.4. Now, I also, oh, here's another thing you might be able to do. Find a traditionally published book on your bookshelf now. And, you know, if you don't have one of your own already and see how some of these elements play out in that book. 
Now I'm going to cross my fingers that they applied industry standards in their book. But, you know, sometimes people like to break set and uh, don't follow the standards, but hopefully they have. So in general, a book is divided into three primary sections, the front matter, the content, and the back matter. Front matter contains all those pages that show up in the front of your book before you get to chapter one, page one. Now these pages are usually numbered with Roman numerals, not Arabic. So they have the I, II, VI, XI, etc. instead of the one, two, six, and 10, right? So note that some of the Roman numerals in the front matter may not be visible on the page. That means that they are blind folios. And on the list that I have in the show notes, that uh, is a representation of what Chicago puts in section 1.4, the blind folios are shown as hidden in the table so that you'll know that they're not supposed to actually show up on the page. They're counted, but they don't show up. So if you open a book in front of you and um, one of the things that you'll need to note is that the recto page, those are all the pages that show on the right facing side of a book. So if you open a book in front of you, the right side is called recto, R-E-C-T-O. The left side is verso, V-E-R-S-O, which means that it starts on the left facing side of the book. So not only are certain things in certain places, but they start on certain sides of the book. Recto pages are always odd numbered pages and the versos are always even. Note that uh, verso and recto will not mean anything in a Kindle book or any uh, an ebook with reflowable content because those don't generally have page numbers because the reader can change the size of the fonts, they can change the orientation, they can go from horizontal to vertical, you know, using their e-reader, they can change the way the text flows. So verso and recto won't matter in an e-book. It will matter if you have a PDF version of your book though. because it's an electronic version of your print book. So it's designed to look exactly like the print book. Then the recto and verso will still matter. But if it's reflowable text, it will not matter. Okay, note that um, in this list that I have on your show notes, I'm gonna share with you the item as it appears in the book and then share the page number or the side that it should appear on. Because again, location matters. Um, and I may share a few uh, notes about the content of those pages where I most often see errors when people are presenting me their books. All right, so let's start with the front matter. The first thing that shows up is the book half title page. And it is page one, Roman numeral I, lowercase, and that is hidden. You don't see it. The blank back for that page is two. Then the title page comes after that. It is three. The copyright page is four. Roman numeral four, IV. That's all hidden as well. The dedication is hidden as well. That's gonna be on five. The epigraph, 
you know, that great quote that is like the overarching opening quotation for the book. That's on page five or six. Roman numeral, again, that's hidden. Your content page, your table of contents, which only has contents, it only lists what follows that page, not the stuff that preceded it. So that's usually going to fall on about page five or seven, depending on whether or not you used the epigraph and dedication and so forth. The forward. I'm going to talk about this a little bit later. It is written by someone else. That starts recto. The preface, written by the author, is recto. The acknowledgments are recto. The introduction, written by the author, is recto. And then we finally get into our first page of text, our content section, which is chapter one, first page. Now we have an Arabic number one. It is hidden on the chapter title page, but then you'll see it follow with page two, three, and four on the subsequent pages. Your epilogue, after all your content, your afterward, that's recto. Any of your subsequent chapters, I recommend that they be recto, especially if it's nonfiction. It makes it a lot easier to see, follow, find, but there is flexibility now for having it also appear verso. In your back matter, you'll have your appendix. All of these, by the way, will show recto in the back matter. They all start on the right facing page. So even if it ends on the back of the left page, then it's going to be recto. If it ends on the right page, there's only one page, then the next page is going to be recto as well. It's also going to start on the right page. So there'll be a blank back. It starts with the appendix, has your notes if they're available, your bibliography or references or sources cited or suggested further reading, that, that kind of thing. An index if you have one. And then last will be your about the author page. There are some variations, obviously. Uh, for example, your introduction, if you wanted to have that as your uh, first page of your text in your book, but still before chapter one, you can do so. Um, one thing that's really important. So let me give you a few clarifying notes. The book half title page only contains the title of the book, nothing else. No subtitle, no author, no nothing, just the title. Now, think of this as a great place for you to autograph your book for your fans, right? You got this, all you have is a title there. So you have plenty of room to say, oh, dear Betty, you know, best wishes for a fabulous, you know, success in using this book to blah, 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 whatever you want to do. So now you have space, right? Because all there is is a title. You might want to invest in a quality fine tip marker there to make an indelible impression on that first page. So that's the half title page. The title page has the title, the subtitle, the author, the publisher, and the city of publication. So when I'm designing a client's book, I'll often ask that the cover designer provide a black and white image or a ping or a JPEG of the, the title text and the subtitle and then the combination of the two so that I can use it on the half title and title pages. 
this you know kind of brings the continuity inside the book from the front cover if you want an example of this uh, take a look at the beautiful design of dr joe vitale's book greatest law of attraction quotes uh, my affiliate link might give me a small commission just like anything else i might link to in our podcast that's down in the show notes so you can find it there but that book i used the title from the cover and i started each new chapter recto and added several lovely design elements to make it as pleasing to the eye as it was in the content it was just a beautiful book so take a look at that as an example of many of the standards that i discussed already in terms of the location of things but also how the title was lifted from the cover and brought inside the book on the half title and the title page. As I noted earlier, the table of contents is simply labeled contents. It only lists, you know, the topics and the page number of that which follows it. It's not going to include the copyright page dedication or the epigraph on the content page because they precede it. Um, also, on a t- content page for an ebook, it will not have a page number because again, when you have reflowable text, that's going to shift, right? So it may have a hyperlink depending on who you have designed it so that it will go to that chapter, but it's not going to have a page number that's assigned to it. Now, here's one thing. As I said earlier, I want to sound an alert about your forward. It is spelled F O R E W O R D forward. To help you remember how to spell this homophone, note that it contains words before your content. <laughs> it is in the fuller front of your book. <laughs> so I hope that helps, but please keep it straight because spell check won't catch it. If you spell it the wrong way, if you spell it F-O-R-W-A-R-D, it's correct. As a word, it's the wrong word, but it is correct. So please, as an author, don't put, don't misspell forward. Spell it correctly. And also as an author, don't write your forward. It's not for you. You can write a preface or an introduction, but you do not write the foreword. The foreword is written by a third party, preferably somebody well-known in your field, who shares with the readers why they feel your book is worthy of being read. So they're going to edify you and they're going to edify your work and give the reader confidence that the time that they spend reading the book is going to be worth it. So that forward author um, may be somebody who's notable. And if they are, it may, you know, help to inspire readers to pick up your book in the first place, right? So if that is true, you may uh, note their involvement on the title page or even on the cover of your book. One example of this is my friend and colleague Heather Hummel Gallagher, her book, one of her first books, 
uh, was written with her mother, Valerie Ramsey, and it's called Gracefully, Looking and Being Your Best at Any Age. I put a link to that in the show notes as well. But the foreword was written by a then popular actress and a woman that seems to look good no matter how old she gets, Susan Lucci of All My Children fame. All My Children was a popular soap opera, and Lucci's character, Erica Kane, was an ageless beauty. So it was really perfect for the foreword to be written by her. And having so much um, notoriety and all the, you know, like daytime Emmy nominations and so forth and so on, it was good for the book to have her on the front cover. And so that's where she appeared. Another one of my colleagues has a foreword written by Jack Canfield of the Chicken Soup fame, and Jack's foreword is mentioned on the front cover. So you'll see examples of this on many covers or title pages. But remember, the foreword is not written by you, the author. It is written by somebody else who can shout from the rooftops how great your book is, why somebody needs to read it, and what they may gain from it. Uh, So make note of that. Let me give you another word about some front and back matter. You know, as we said that everything that shows up before page one of your content is essentially the front matter of your book, right? So I recommend that you provide your front matter to your editor with the content so that they can ensure that it's formatted correctly, that it's in the correct order, and that it's error-free. Because there's nothing worse than, you know, having a typo on your title page. And don't think it doesn't happen. I have seen this happen. Don't let it be you. Send your entire book, all the contents cover to cover, to your editor at the outset so that they can ensure you are looking your best. Oftentimes when I'm given a book to edit because not only am I a ghostwriter and a book coach, but I'm also a a copy editor. And so I have received books that, you know, just start with page one, right? And if I know that it's going to be someone who is independently publishing and I also know that it's their first book, then I make sure if I haven't already established that, you know, Halogen Inc. is also going to do the design for the book, then I add insert half title page, insert title page, insert copyright page, insert. And so I put those blank pages in there and tell them to insert the content so that their designer doesn't allow the book to just go to print like that, right? You can't start with just chapter one. That's not how a book opens. <laughs> so, and I, if I don't know who they're going to use as a designer, if I don't know that that designer knows what a book is supposed to be like and that they use industry standards like Chicago, then I can't trust that they know that, right? I can't trust that they're going to get it right. I've got to, I, I try to make sure and make it easy as possible for first-time authors to make sure they get it right. But ideally... If you can work with somebody who can take you all the way through, it's very helpful. And that's one of the great things that Halogen Inc. offers to its first-time authors is we know the entire process. And we can take you through, you know, from, you know, cover to cover 
and front to back on the publishing process so that you don't have to wonder, oh gosh, did my designer know to do this, that, or the other? Did my editor point out blah, blah, blah? You don't have to worry about that with us. All right, let's talk about some more front matter issues. Other titles by this author. So if you are a multiple book author and you've got other titles that you want to list and so that, you know, this is a great thing. This is an opportunity for you to market those. You want people to know about those other titles so that they can go find them and just get all of your books on Amazon at once, right? Or wherever they buy their books, Barnes and Noble and everywhere else. You can put that in the front matter. You can list, have a page that lists all of the books that you published previously. And typically this should appear between your half title and your title page. It's often centered, you know, on the page. Remember book titles appear in italics and um, just list that as you wish on that other titles by page. And in the back matter, on the about the author page. Um, you can also have other special resource pages that are included like ads and advertisements or uh, information about your other programs or training events or things like that that are not time sensitive. Those kinds of things can fall after the bibliography and index if those are present in your book. So those are some additional little front and back matter issues you might want to keep in mind. All right, now for the whole interior book design. There is so much detail that could be addressed within that. And I don't think I'm going to use this podcast to do that. So um, you can always schedule a consult with me um, if you want to get a strategy session to ensure that you have all your design elements in place and that um, you know what you're doing. <laughs> if, you're, if you're having somebody else do it and they or they've already designed your book and you want to make sure it's right before it gets published, um, then you can schedule a review session with me. I'll share more information on that in a minute. Make sure, um, I'm, I'm going to give you a few general tips so that um, you can just make sure that you're on track for the interior design of your book. I will have things in the show notes, links in the show notes, wherever applicable. So please hop over to writesomethingworthy.com and see those show notes or, you know, those show notes should be accessible on any of your podcast players like Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, etc., etc. So typically those will be available for you there. But the easiest place to find things and see things and access things are at the podcast website at writesomethingworthy.com. As with anything, especially in book publishing right now, you know you can do anything yourself. Nobody has to do any of this for you. So you don't have to pay anyone to get this done. But if it is not the highest and best use of your time, you may want to consider doing so. So one of the things that uh, Halogen Inc. provides is a design checklist for each of its clients' design projects. And this checklist spells out, you know, the word count, the trip, trim size, the book format, the standard designs, the optional design elements, and all of that. It um, really helps our authors to choose the features that matter to them. 
and it allows our designers to produce a quality document on the first round because the author has already identified what it is that they need. Now, there are a number of ways, you know, if you don't go to a designer to get this done for you, there are a number of ways that you can create the interior book block for your print book and your ebook. Um, but remember that there are not only standards for how the text should appear, but the platform you use to publish your book, they may have specific issues or quirks that will render your file useless upon submission. You'll have so much trouble, it'll keep giving you errors and so forth. So having it designed according to the specs will be important. And that's why one of our resource partners chooses my team to design their files because they never have trouble uploading for their bestseller launches. Something you know to keep in mind is if in creating headers and footers and you know running heads and chapter titles and all that stuff is not your cup of tea and you don't want to hire a professional to manage it for you which is easiest and least time consuming you can also use a book template that's uh, already designed and that may help you a little bit there's still things you need to understand about the template and how it's used, the section breaks and how the running heads restart numbers at different chapters and stuff if you're not careful and whether something will show on the first page of your chapter title and whether it doesn't and you don't want it to because your chapter title page should not have a running head, things like that. <laughs> but the template does at least make that a lot easier. Reach out to me for a referral link at uh, podcast at writesomethingworthy.com. Send me an email and say, hey, Tanya, what do you got for templates that can help me to get this done? A lot of times the templates will provide information like choosing the right fonts and, you know, the impact of white space. You want your reader to feel like they are not overwhelmed by your words. You don't want them to feel like they'll never get through that page, right? So white space matters. Um, some templates will also be designed for working with Microsoft Word or InDesign, and they'll deal with some of those widows and orphans, you know, those stray one-liners at the top of a page that's been abandoned by the rest of the paragraph. Those things, you don't want those in a book, okay? Just so you know. You don't want it at the bottom of a page, you know, the first line of a paragraph and the rest of it's on the next page, nor do you want it at the top of a page where all of it, all but one line of the paragraph was on the page before and you only have one line left on that following page, you don't want that. Widows and orphans are no-nos. So anyway, um, but some, you know, templates uh, and template designers have a collection of pre-designed book templates that you can um, purchase for various genres in both print and ebook format. And they can make the design process a lot easier when you're going it alone, if you have some affinity for working with software, you know, Microsoft Word or InDesign, if you do not have an affinity to that for that, you might want to avoid it. Um, places like Smashwords would have, if you wanted to publish your ebook through there, they'll have style guides and formatting guides to help they help to get your manuscript uploaded. If you want to publish on Amazon KDP, they've got a convoluted array of documents to help you to do that. But 
if you're not inclined to weed through their directions because you can barely use a hard page return in Microsoft Word as it is, I would recommend getting help with that. It is not as intuitive as you might think. Essentially, each platform for uploading your book is likely to have some kind of submission checklist, a formatting guide, or a template available to make it easier. Again, if you're already inclined that way. But, you know, for some authors, the best route is to just have somebody else work on that while they, the author, are working on their marketing strategy. Because you could be better using your time. Have, you know, you have a professional editor working on the content. Have a professional designer work on the formatting. Have your cover designer working on the format of the front cover according to marketing and industry standards so that you can be focusing on what you're going to do to get that book out to the world. That's where your energy should be in your marketing strategy. So if it's not the highest and best use of your time to format your book for publishing, let someone else handle it. Either way, be sure to have your editor, your professional editor, do a final design review after the document is complete. They can use their checklist if they have one to ensure that your book is professionally displayed, right? According to industry standards so that you don't look like an amateur. Again, the design checklist at Halogen Inc has a list of elements to verify before, during, and after the design process to ensure consistency and professionalism. Even down to reminding designers and reviewers that references to book titles are set in italics, blank lines need to be removed from digital books, and all the quotation marks need to be the same. All the quotation marks and apostrophes should be smart or curly. They should all be the same. We want, at Halogen Inc., we want all our clients to produce um, a well-designed book that is bestseller worthy. So we want to look after you to make sure that's true. You need to look after yourself. If you're not gonna, if you're not uh, one of our clients already, please look after yourself so that you look as professional as possible and you look as though you knew how to design your book. All right, it is now time again for our abundant author affirmation. So write this down if it resonates with you, it'll be fun. Post it wherever you'll see it so that you can say it throughout the day and keep your heart happy and your subconscious mind aware of it. I am so excited that my book looks as good as it reads. I am so excited that my book looks as good as it reads. And with that, we are complete. If you want to ensure that the book you're about to publish is properly designed, request a, a special Write Something Worthy design review, either by sending an email to podcast at writesomethingworthy.com or by going to tanyaloves.me forward slash design review. 
I'll put that in the show notes, tanyaloves.me forward slash design review. I'll put it in the show notes. You can have a link there to get to it. But remember that you've only got one chance at a first impression as an author. So make it a good one by looking like a bestseller. Write in the comments on the writesomethingworthy.com website what you did to design your book and how it turned out for you. I'd love to hear about other great resources that are out there that we can share with others. We want everyone to look their best as a best-selling author. Thanks for listening in today. We look forward to seeing you next week on Write Something Worthy. You've been listening to the Write Something Worthy podcast with Tonya Brockett. If you would like to know more about today's topic, Find show notes, relevant links, and more at writesomethingworthy.com. Have a question or something to add to the conversation? We'd love to hear from you. Email us at podcast at writesomethingworthy.com. Please take a moment to leave an honest review on your favorite podcast platform. These reviews help us to improve our show and help us to spread the word. If you know anyone who would enjoy these episodes, please share it with them. Have a wonderful week, and we hope you join us next Wednesday for another fabulous episode.